Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for listening today. Uh, the drug of the day today is going to be Captopril. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to make sure uh, you go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Get your free 31-page PDF on the top 200 drugs. Great study guide, great refresher. Um, simply an email will all is all that it will cost you. So uh, no-brainer to go uh, grab that at reallifepharmacology.com. We also get you updates when we've got new podcast episodes available as well as, well as other uh, free content. All right, so getting into Captopril. Brand name of this medication is Capitin. Uh, this is an ACE inhibitor. As a reminder, ACE inhibitors uh, competitively inhibit angiotensin-converting enzyme. Now, what does that enzyme do? So angiotensin-converting enzyme does what it says it does. It converts angiotensin 1 into angiotensin 2. And angiotensin 2 is really the big important thing to remember here. Uh, this is a potent vasoconstrictor. So if we have less of the vasoconstrictor angiotensin 2, we are naturally going to cause vasodilation and help lower blood pressure, which indeed is what captopril is used for. Uh, dosing. So one of the major strikes against captopril and probably why you don't see it too often in your practice or at least most practices um, it is uh, dosed frequently so it's uh, anywhere ranging from uh, 6.25 milligrams up to 50 milligrams three times a day is kind of the usual standard dosing uh, the indications hypertension of course uh, but we've also got some of those compelling indications that go uh, with other ACE inhibitors as well, such as CHF, uh, ACS, and uh, proteinuric uh, chronic kidney disease. Uh, also wanted to mention with dosing uh, that if renal function has declined and you're giving this medication on a chronic basis, uh, there are there is a need for dose reductions, and usually we just reduce the frequency. Um, like I mentioned, it's normally dosed probably three times per day in most situations. Uh, but as renal function declines, uh, we don't need to dose it quite as frequently. So uh, my marker for uh, captopril is around 50 mils per minute. You start dipping below there, and you may likely want to reduce the frequency that we're giving it just because it's going to hang around and last a little bit longer. Uh, there is one other thing um, with kinetics, and I'll take a deeper dive into kinetics in a little bit here, but uh, I wanted to mention administration when we're giving this medication. And again, kind of another little strike against it, if you will. Uh, it needs to be administered one hour before meals. Uh, I guess that's a relative needs to be. Um, the reason why it's recommended to be given an hour before meals is food actually reduces absorption significantly. Uh, it's in the range of 30 to 40 percent, I believe. So with that, that comes another strike against uh, Captopril for sure. So uh, that can definitely be, be a downside that if you take it with food, you aren't going to get 
kind of the full dose or full effect uh, that you you typically get. All right, let's get into adverse drug reactions. So uh, first and foremost, absolutely should not be used in pregnancy. Uh, it is toxic to the fetus and can cause fetal harm. Uh, so if you've got a patient who becomes pregnant and they're taking this medication for whatever reason, um, it absolutely uh, should not be taken and uh, should be the patient should be transitioned to something else. Uh, adverse drug reactions, ACE inhibitors in general, uh, so cough, uh, ACE cough, that can happen certainly. Uh, with captopril, to resolve that, typically we uh, switch to an ARB for blood pressure management there if they haven't tried it and if that would be tolerable for them. Uh, of course, we've got a dip in blood pressure. If we reduce the blood pressure too low, patients can get uh, orthostatic hypotension and dizzy and things of that nature. Elevations in potassium, hyperkalemia is something obviously we're going to monitor and pay attention to. Uh, angioedema risk, so swelling of the lips, throat, uh, that is also a reported adverse effect with uh, captopril. Uh, acute kidney injury uh, can happen with ACE inhibitors. Uh, sometimes people get confused about using it in proteinuric CKD. And why would I give this medication if it can cause acute kidney injury? Well, it helps delay the progression of uh, those renal issues. But uh, in the setting um, of AKI, if we give too much or a patient is intolerant of that dose or we have other medications that increase that risk for AKI, it can uh, induce an acute uh, kidney injury. And the reason being mechanistically is it uh, essentially reduces the pr pressure uh, in the glomerulus and it does that by vasodilation of the efferent uh, arterial. Uh, a couple other rare things um, that's uh, at least one of these uh, lower white blood cell count, neutropenia, bone marrow suppression, uh, that is fairly unique to uh, Captopro compared to other ACE inhibitors. So that's kind of a little bit of a uh, differentiator there where that may be a little bit more of an issue with this medication. Uh, and then rarely uh, skin reactions have been reported as well. Um, black patients may have a reduced response to ACE inhibitors in general. Uh, so that's definitely something to pay attention to if we start this medication and we're not seeing much of a reduction in blood pressure. Uh, my first thought is always adherence. Are they actually taking it? And then my second, um, another consideration here with captopril or the use of ACE inhibitors in, in general, um, is that patient black? They may uh, have a lower likelihood of responding to ACE inhibitors and, and dropping that blood pressure. And I don't think there's a solid... Um, well-studied mechanism for why exactly that happens. There are some theories on that, um, but I don't think anything's ever been uh, fully proven with why uh, that is the case. Uh, monitoring parameters, just touch on those briefly. So uh, creatinine, renal function, obviously potassium, uh, and blood pressure. Those are going to be the three things that you're uh, probably going to monitor with this medication. Uh, kinetics, let's talk a little bit about that. So uh, Captopril actually has a very fast onset. Um, 
with that said, it also has a very short half-life, which that short half-life explains why we need to dose it multiple times per day. So uh, that can definitely be a big challenge. Uh, Max effect with this medication is in the 60 to 90 minute range. Uh, However, if we're managing chronic blood pressure, it may take a few weeks uh, to kind of get to that maximal blood pressure lowering effect. And, you know, this is why in hypertension clinics and things of that nature, it's usually start a a medication uh, to reduce blood pressure. And then uh, typically that follow-up is going to be in the range of uh, two to four weeks to make sure they're tolerating it, maybe do follow-up lab work depending upon uh, what we're using, and certainly lab work would be necessary with Captopro with the renal function and potassium there. Uh, but I think that gives you a little bit of uh, knowledge surrounding the kinetics and why uh, it's dosed the way it is there. Um, also wanted to allude to the fact that there is a significant amount of this medication that is eliminated in the urine unchanged. And generally, when that's the case, uh, we need to dose adjust this medication for renal function. And again, uh, I alluded to that in the dosing earlier, but that's the uh, kinetic reason uh, and kinetic purpose for that. Uh, again, usages, uh, I wanted to, to mention that with the faster oral onset, um, there may be a little bit of a role for Captopril in like acute hypertension, um, maybe within a healthcare setting where maybe IV isn't warranted or justified. Um, you know, clonidine is an agent that, that's, uh, oral clonidine is an agent that's sometimes utilized in that situation. Um, Captopril with its faster onset um, may be a consideration for an alternative there uh, to drop that blood pressure acutely again without having uh, to use IV medications. Now, if we're in an emergency room hospital type situation, it's like, okay, well, we're probably going to be using IV blood pressure lowering medications um, if we need to get that uh, blood pressure dropped very, very quickly. So, uh, but maybe just a little uh, side roll where you may see Captopril, uh, depending upon the, the practice you're in there. All right, let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for any pharmacist board certification study material like NAPLEX, BCGP, ambulatory care, uh, pharmacotherapy, go check out meded101.com store. We've got a growing list of resources there. Uh, that will definitely help you prepare and pass your board exam. Uh, If you're a nurse practitioner, PA, med student, nurse, uh, we've got plenty of other resources as well. A book on polypharmacy, which has been uh, very popular for clinicians. A book on uh, drug interactions and primary care. Uh, So lots of different options there for you to check out. And again, all those links at meded101.com slash store and your purchases go directly to support this podcast. All right, wrapping up with drug interactions. So uh, first and foremost, I'll just cover the obvious ones quick. So other medications that lower blood pressure can have an additive effect uh, on Captopril, which I've certainly covered uh, numerous of those in uh, previous episodes on antihypertensives. Um same thing, opposing uh, blood pressure elevating medications. So something like a stimulant, for example, um, can raise blood pressure and essentially counteract the effects of what we're trying to do with Captopril. 
Uh, potassium interactions. I think these are important to remember. Uh, I definitely have had cases of significant hyperkalemia with uh, ACE inhibitors like CaptorPro combined with um, the antibiotic trimethoprim. So I definitely have seen a case or two where that's caused significant hyperkalemia. Obviously, other meds, you know, spironolactone, uh, ARBs, hopefully we'd never see an ARB uh, used with an ACE inhibitor like Captopril, but I certainly have seen that occasionally in practice by air. Uh, heparin's another medication that may have some uh, elevating potassium properties, uh, so that's maybe something to uh, keep tabs on there as well. Uh, lithium concentrations, so lithium for bipolar disorder, they can go up with the use of ACE inhibitors. So uh, we may have to check levels, monitor for toxicity, uh, and or potentially reduce dose, depending upon where we're at with uh, drug levels and how the patient is responding. Uh, and then nephrotoxicity. Uh, so definitely remember diuretics and NSAIDs. So combining diuretics and NSAIDs with an ACE inhibitor can significantly increase the risk for acute kidney injury. So uh, definitely follow that closely. Uh, if we've got to add NSAIDs, we've got to add diuretics on top of an ACE inhibitor like Captopril, uh, really pay attention to those labs, monitor closely, use lower doses if possible, shorter periods of time, um, all those um, good principles uh, to prescribing drug therapy and using drug therapy. And then uh, Secubitril I did want to mention specifically, so um, angioedema. Again, uh, Secubitril Valsartan, uh, Entrustos, the brand name product there. Uh, hopefully, we're not using that with an ACE inhibitor like Captopril, but uh, if they were given together, one of the reasons we avoid it is it increases the risk for angioedema. All right, well, I think that's going to wrap up the podcast for today. Uh, do us a huge favor, leave us a rating review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. We greatly appreciate that. Uh, support the sponsor, meded101.com slash store. Plenty of books, plenty of options to check out there um, for your just your general education or for some of you who may be taking uh, board exams there. Uh, with that, if you want to track me down, got suggestions for a podcast episode, uh, mededucation101 at gmail.com, or you can find me on LinkedIn, Eric Christensen, PharmD, BCPS, BCGP. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.